This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today on the show. A lot of content we're going to talk about. Uh, a lot of news, much news coming out of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. My name is Walker Wildman. The name of the show is Exposing Washington. And each week we're bringing you news and commentary and content about news going on in Washington, D.C. And we're providing a strict constitutional, Christian, biblical worldview uh, of the current events. And um, we don't have much diversity here in the sense that uh, we're going to bring you the truth, and that's it. And so that's the the extent of diversity here on the show. AFR.net is the website. AFR.net is the website. Go there, check it out, and you can find my podcast page there at AFR.net. When you get on the page, if you look up at the top menu bar, you can click on the podcast section of the website, and then you scroll down a little bit, and you'll see Exposing Washington, which is the name of the show, and there you can listen to this uh, today's show along with past a week's episodes, and uh, we go back several weeks on our archive, so enjoy that. Also, the the app that we have offers the exact same content. So go to the AFR app on your smartphone or tablet device, and there you can also listen to past shows as well as listen live seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Jumping into the content, you know, this coronavirus situation has just unleashed the worst in a lot of powerful people. Mainly, I'm talking about governors, mayors, elected officials. The power grab that we've seen take place over the past few months has been unlike anything our country has seen since its conception, and that's not an overstatement. Tell me the last time that businesses were shut down indefinitely for six months at a time. Tell me the last time in our country where churches had their doors shuttered indefinitely. Tell me the last time people were fined $1,000 for not wearing a facial covering in public. Tell me the last time that people received more in unemployment benefits than they did working an actual job. The list goes on 
and on and on, proving that this is an unprecedented time and not for the good. Do we have a... Is there a virus, an upper respiratory virus called COVID-19 that is in America? Yes, we do. Is it the end of the world? No, it's not. But if you watch the media, if you listen to the politicians, if you listen to the elected officials, to the bureaucrats, you would think, number one, it's the end of the world. Number two, there's no hope out of this. Because that is the narrative that they want you to believe. It's not because they're telling you the truth. And a couple things we're gonna I'm gonna go ahead and start off talking about is the credibility of the numbers that we've been getting. And I'll tell you one thing that I think we're all tired of. And that is the headline that says, record number of coronavirus positive test or record number of infections due to COVID-19. Well, the reason that we're experiencing, quote, record levels of infection day after day is because our country's never had this strain of the coronavirus. And so, yes, technically every day, is a, quote, record. But we don't have past year's data to compare it to. So it's misleading to run the headline day after day, quote, record number of coronavirus cases. Another thing that the media won't tell you is, well, how many people are we testing? (laughs) How many people are we testing? If you go back to April, mid-April, we were testing uh, roughly 100,000 people a day. Fast forward to May and June, we're testing hundreds of thousands a day. The White House has reported that we have increased testing across the country by fivefold, meaning we went from, well, 100,000 tests a day back in April to upwards of 500 to 600,000 tests a day across the country. So naturally, you're going to have more cases. You're going to have more positives. that doesn't mean that the world's ending. Meanwhile, what they're not going to tell you, the media is going to talk about the number of cases, but what they're not going to tell you is the number of deaths continues to go down week by week. Over the past few weeks, the United States has been at the lowest number of daily deaths since this all began. But we can't talk about that because that's actually good news. So not only are we getting fed bad information or 
you could call it half-truths. Yeah, more people are testing positive, but, well, we're testing five times the amount of people. But they're also manipulating the data. Who really knows what, number one, who really knows how many actual positive COVID patients or individuals we have in the U.S. and we have had over the past six months? Nobody really knows because we've completely botched the data sets. And here's why. The first step that our government took, including the White House, and this was completely moronic, was when Dr. Burke, someone who's supposed to be smart, who's supposed to be a good leader, someone who's supposed to have her head on straight, she went before the White House press briefing and she said this. She said, this is a quote, Dr. Burks, head of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, she said, here's how we're going to count COVID deaths. She said, quote, anyone who tests positive with COVID, that is labeled a COVID death. Not anyone who dies from COVID-related symptoms is a COVID death. She said anyone and everyone who gets tested positive for coronavirus, that is automatically a coronavirus death. It goes on the total tally. So, for example, if Jane Doe, 30-year-old female that's morbidly obese, comes into the emergency room and has experienced a severe heart attack, but she also tests positive for the coronavirus but is experiencing no symptoms, and then she passes away, that is a coronavirus death. Or you could go to John Doe, a 25-year-old college student who has had way too much to drink on a Friday night, And he drives his vehicle off of a bridge and falls 100 feet to his death. Well, when he gets to the hospital and he's tested after his death, well, he actually has coronavirus antibodies in his system. Well, John Doe, who just drove off the bridge and fell to his death, well, he is a COVID death. Did he die from coronavirus? Absolutely not. Did he die with coronavirus? Maybe, if the test is accurate. And so you get the point here. that When that began, when we started counting the number of deaths that way, which is a moronic way to count deaths, that's when our numbers began to be skewed. And that's when we, I began, honestly, to mistrust the data. So that's one story, and we have the audio. We can bring it next week, maybe. But we all saw the clip, Dr. Burks. Anyone who dies with COVID is a COVID-confirmed death, no matter the actual cause of death. Then, this week, we discover that our, our health officials are counting people who are tested multiple times as multiple positives. 
and let me give a little backgrounder and then I'll play the clip. But for example, let's say I go to the hospital with coronavirus. I test positive on day one when I get admitted to the hospital. That goes on the tally as one positive case. Let's say three days later, later my symptoms are gone and the hospital needs to run another test to make sure I'm clear of coronavirus before I go home. And let's just say I test positive on day three. Well, that's another positive coronavirus test. Same person, same experience, but that's two positive tests that are being reported to the state. But it's one person within three days. And then let's say two days later, they need two negative tests before I can go home. And they test me just one more time. Well, it's still positive. Well, that's three positive tests in a matter of six days. But it's the same patient, the same person, but they're continually reporting the multiple tests to the state. That, my friends, will mess up your data. That, my friends, will mess up your data. Let's play clip one here. This is Phil Kirpin talking about bad data, double and triple positives per person. Clip one, let's listen. Well, you know, I think that uh, that number might have been small a couple of months ago when we had a severe testing shortage. We now have a severe uh, testing surplus. There are tests everywhere. We have this huge discontinuity in the data around June 10th where you can just see the number of positives and the number of tests take off everywhere in the country. And, you know, states were told to do this. The, uh, the panic purveyor said you have to test everyone. Mass testing is the greatest. Then we start seeing these huge numbers of tests, including huge numbers of positives. Then it's, oh, my God, panic, shut everything down again, based on those numbers. Uh, but a lot of the tests are repeat tests. A lot of the tests uh, are, as you alluded to in the open, like Florida, lots of other states are reporting positives only and not negatives. A lot of employment-based testings, they come in, test everyone. The positives have to be reported to the state. The negatives, no one pops negative, they don't report it. So the data is a big mess. And it's really unfortunate because we have had a real rise in some places, much more modest than the big peak we saw a couple months ago. But it's very hard to differentiate that and understand understand how serious it actually is when you have this sea of bad data that we now have as a result of this hypertesting. Well, there you have it. That's someone other than me calling it a, quote, sea of bad data. A sea of bad data. You know, if you pick and choose what data you report, you can pretty much make anything a reality. You can make any illness a, quote, pandemic if you pick and choose which data gets reported. And so our country, including our federal government and the White House, have completely mishandled how we're, how we're measuring this. Starting with Dr. Burks. And then you have states, governors, mayors, who are just making things 10 times worse by listening to bad advice and reading bad data. Transitioning a little bit, there's been this uh, discussion about <clears throat> whether masks work or not, or whether we can force private citizens to wear a mask on their person, on their private body, 
and how we should find them if they don't. Well, some good news out of Georgia. We actually have one governor in the U.S. that understands the Constitution, the Fourth Amendment, and understands that people have actual rights given by God, not by government. And the Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, has ordered local municipalities telling them that they cannot fine citizens for not wearing masks. And I completely agree with this decision. My opinion is that the government cannot force the usage of masks. And the ironic thing is the left is all about, you know, my body, my choice. I should be able to kill babies. I should be able to kill my baby because it's my body, my choice, even though it's not your body, it's the baby's body. Well, all of a sudden that goes down the drain and it's not your body, it's the government's body and the government can tell you what you wear. And I know many people that are resisting this tyranny, including myself, and I'm not wearing a mask unless I absolutely have to wear a mask to eat and breathe, even though it prevents some breathing. (laughs) But you get the point. The perpetual and daily and hourly wearing of masks absolutely makes no sense. And you know who agrees with me? Well the old trusted Dr. Fauci, the end-all be-all for coronavirus-related advice. Let's listen to what Dr. Fauci had to say about masks. Well, just a few months ago, clip four. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. I think people see a mask and they see an illusion of protection, that if they put the mask on, it'll somehow block viruses from getting into their mouth or nose when they breathe. That's just not the case. Anyone who does not have a respiratory illness, meaning a cough or sneezing, should not be wearing any type of mask, whether it's a surgical mask or a respirator. That hasn't been something we traditionally do in the United States, although I've seen more people wearing them on like plane flights, etc. I think when you may want to wear a mask if you think someone's going to cough directly on you or if you're in a place where there's a lot of ill people. Um, Let me explain to you what happened back then. Should be a yes or a no. No, there's more than a yes or no by the tone of your question. I don't regret that because let me explain to you what happened. At that time, there was a paucity of equipment that our healthcare providers needed who put themselves daily in harm's way of taking care of people who are ill. We did not want to divert masks and PPE away from them to be used by the people. Okay, I've got now that we have enough, we recommend. 
All right, so when we have a shortage of masks, we lie to everyone and tell them they don't work. And now that we have plenty of masks, we tell everybody that they do work and you must wear them or you're going to jail. That sounds like Washington logic to me. Lie, 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 then change the rhetoric and continue lying. If you want to talk about insanity, let's talk about Nancy Pelosi's legislation she's wanting to pass. Pass. Nancy Pelosi wants to pass, well, another $3.5 trillion in coronavirus relief. See, this is a self-inflicted wound. Our elected officials, our governors, our mayors, in large part, they're threatening to shut everything down again, which I would argue didn't even work in the first place. They're wanting to shut everything down and then have the government write everybody a check so that we can all eat. How about we just keep everything open and we all go to work and wash our hands and keep America? But that doesn't really advance their Marxist, communist, totalitarian agenda. And we have an election coming up in four months. And so what do we do? The media keeps pumping the panic, the COVID panic, Keeps everybody freaking out. Oh, we need to shut everything down. We can't go to school. We can't go to work. Everybody stay at their house and let your immune systems continue to weaken. And we'll send you a check. And by the way, vote for Joe Biden 2020. That, that is the message from the vast majority of our political leaders, the media, and others. And it's absolute insanity. Speaking of going back to school, pediatricians from all across the country are saying that our kids, American kids, need to go back to school for various reasons. There's also multiple studies out there showing that the percentage of, inf- of COVID infection within schools is minute. For example, there was a study from France where they, for the most part, didn't shut down schools. And this study in France showed that out of 2,000 students, K through 12, 12 of them had antibodies in them, in their system. And that doesn't even mean that they were actively infected. That means they have had the virus at some point. 12 of 2,000. There was another study out of Sweden showing that the rate of of spread or the rate of infection within schools was 0.05, not even 0.1%. But the the issue here is, is that going over these statistics and all the, quote, data really misses the whole point. We live in a fallen world. 
where there is this thing called illnesses, or there are these things called illnesses, viruses, all kinds of infections. You got the flu, you got strep throat, and the litany of other viruses that we're exposed to throughout our life. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we want to give up our country, give up our freedoms, give up the little bit of liberty we got left, all over this fake coronavirus panic? And I sure hope the answer to that would be absolutely not. Life has inherent risk. When you leave your house and even at your house, there are inherent risk. There was actually a study in New York State that showed the vast majority of people getting coronavirus were people who were sitting at home for three months. And so this whole idea that you can sit at home and do nothing and life's going to be... Great. That's a false narrative. And there's multiple doctors out there saying that sitting at home is actually bad for your immune system. But I digress. If you want to talk about fighting back, there are some churches in California that are fighting back against the King Gavin Newsom who told churches that a month ago, well, you can't sing at church. And then now Governor Newsom is saying, well, you know what? Not only can you not sing, you just can't meet at church. No church for you. No church for anyone in California. But you can go to Walmart and you can go to Costco and spread COVID, but you can't go to church and worship Jesus. Do you see the tyranny going on here? And California is not an outlier. Well, there are three churches in California who are suing Governor Governor uh, Gavin Newsom for his illegal and unconstitutional ban on singing in church. What I would encourage churches to do in California and really throughout the rest of the country is just continue doing your thing, continue having church. And personally, I would not recommend suing the governor over an illegitimate order. Instead, I would just continue having church. And we need churches across the country meeting and showing our elected officials that we're not going to be bullied into closing the doors of America's churches. Exposing Washington American Family Radio. I'm your host, Walker Wildman, and we'll be back next week with more of Exposing Washington. Visit our website, AFR.net.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.